you back with the Spice Cast. I'm your host, Ben Job, for this evening. And we have a, a local author, I guess 10 years running Huntsville strong, right? Right, right. <laughs> Gina McGill. Uh, she wrote Accessories After the Fact uh, about the Trayvon Martin murder. Um, and man, that was a, a big turning point. I feel like it's, it, it's civil rights, but in just in general of the nation's mood and stuff. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And thanks for coming in and talking to us about your book and uh, all the hard work that went into it. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to ask you first off uh, where you were or what just struck you about this case that made you uh, dig into it and really and really know know that you had to work on it. Well, uh I, I didn't, when he was killed in 2012, mm -hmm. I was working on something else, so I didn't get involved at that point. I, mm -hmm. I just knew that people were talking about you. his yeah. name, yeah. but it wasn't until 2013 that I ended up hearing uh, the 911 recording yeah. of, of him uh, yelling in the background for help. And for some reason, after I heard that... Um, I just, it's like I had a, a emotional breakdown cause it felt like it was my relative. It felt, and I didn't understand that because I said, I don't know this person. Black males have been killed before. Young black males mm -hmm. have been killed before and it never really bothered me to this extent. But here I felt like, you know, it was almost like, I was told my brother was killed and I didn't understand that, you know. And so I it affected me so that I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I couldn't eat. I would just start crying. Um, you know, and 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 I and, and I actually thought, you know, I actually thought something was wrong because I'm yeah, like, how yeah. can I feel this way about somebody I never met, you know? So, um, because I couldn't, because it kept staying with me, I decided, I said, well, let me look into this. And normally, you know, I have been told to write out my thoughts and my feelings because that helps, you mm -hmm. know, that that's cathartic and everything. So I said, well, I'm going to just write, you know, start writing, um, about this. And, um, when the, after the first night I wrote, I was able to get a good night's sleep. Oh, right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this is probably what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, because then the next day that 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 grieving, that uneasy feeling came mm -hmm. back. So I said, okay, let me write again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's how it turned into me, you know, definitely. doing the research and everything. So actually, it ended up being a healing. Yeah, for sure. A healing process for me that allowed me to go through and put my my feelings to a constructive use. Mm -hmm. You know that hurt and that anger and grief. So I didn't know it would be a healing process for me until mm -hmm. after I finished it. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I, I think when when people have tragedy and stuff, they there is that instinct. It's like if I know more, I I can understand it better. Absolutely. Did, did you find? Did you like feel better about the case when it was all said and done, or was it? Is it just? Is it still like? Does it still bug you? I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I hope it doesn't keep you up at night, but I mean, 
No, it it doesn't it doesn't bug me like it did yeah. in the beginning. And at some points, you know, when I found out certain things during my research, mm-hmm. you know, I remember one night when I actually realized, you know, that he had murdered Trayvon Martin. I had to just get up. It was like midnight. I remember clearly. I had to get up and leave my house, and I drove to um, the public's parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I just had to walk around it because I was so angry, you know. And I just had to walk and walk and walk that anger off, you know, to, to yeah, deal just with to it. do something with it. With know. it, right? Um, but um, I think the fact that I had gotten my questions answered, yeah, and I was able to put it down on paper because I wanted people to know what happened, but I really wanted those who. Uh, were responsible in the criminal justice system to be exposed, mm-hmm. you know, for what they did. Because for me, I it, I just kept thinking, if it were their children, mm. they would have made sure their child got justice, you know. And so Trayvon Martin's child, you know, he's no less than anyone else's child. So that is what uh, kept pushing me because yeah. I knew, I'm like, I know if it's your child, you would, you know, you would go to bat for it. So. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, were, were you much into writing before you wrote this book? Was it, was this like this teach you, did you find like a lot of surprising stuff about writing and researching when you, when you did this or? Well, what I actually found out is that all of the, because uh, I did work, uh, work, I did research work in school, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and I also worked as a computer programmer and business analyst. So what I found out is that all of my work experience, previous work experience, and schooling and research, all came into play. Yeah. When it was time for me to write this book. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I had it was. It was easier from that standpoint because I was like, okay, so this is why I did this and this is why I did that because now I'm neat, I'm using it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, yeah, I'm sure like, uh, especially with a complicated court cases and all the evidence and stuff, oh, like keeping everything straight and knowing oh, yes. knowing how to organize seems like super important oh, when you're trying God. to research something like this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My goodness. Well, was there anything about the like the research specifically um, that was just surprised you, or did you find any like any ways to get at good information, or? Um... Well, what surprised me or shocked me was that it was obvious that mm-hmm. uh, Zimmerman was being dishonest. It was obvious because if you uh, like in the book, I have that one picture. Where Zimmerman claimed Trayvon Martin had uh, hit his head into the cement. Mm-hmm. Well, I took that and, you know, used Zimmerman's gun, made it transparent. And it. what happened is that the blood on uh, the back of Zimmerman's head was outlined um, in the form of the gun, of the shape of his gun. Mm. And I was able to do an exact match 
of the uh, blood spots to the different parts of the gun. And you can see in the overlay. And um, so it's, it's things like that, mm -hmm. you know, that are just glaring. Yeah. That lets you know, okay, this is not how, it didn't happen the way this man claimed it happened. And you can see too, with some of the other pictures I have here in the book, that, you know, there appears to be some photoshopping, you know, of oh, yeah, his like a... injuries, you know, that just calls into question, mm -hmm. you know, the investigation. And then also the, uh, let's see here, also the crime scene itself um, and the drawing and what is this, the crime scene sketch. When, when I look at it and... Um, you know, the laws of physics and everything and math comes into play. Yeah, definitely. And you start to do your deductions and say, okay, well, is this possible? Is this not possible? Mm -hmm. Things like that. So this is stuff that didn't require a physicist mm -hmm. to figure out because I'm certainly not one. Yeah. But uh, just looking at it, you know, would cause call into question. Let's go yeah, deeper. Yeah, for sure. Let's go deeper. Mm -hmm. And so that's what got me how obvious, you know, things yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. How obvious. And how, how big questions can be kind of missed by, by right. just the, in the general. And how the prosecution uh, was able to get away with it on national TV. Yeah. I mean, if I was in that court, I wish I was in that courtroom because I, <laughs> I wish I could have been in that courtroom and stood up and uh, said, wait a minute. Right. What about this? And what about this? You know, that type of thing. Um, but they did it, it, you know, just blatantly, mm -hmm. you know, say, okay, this just lied to you dead in your face. Bold face lie. Well. Well, we'll be right back with more from Gina McGill on and her book accessories after the fact. And where can people find the book? Is it it's uh, on ebook? Yes, ebook and also a hard copy. Uh, for the ebook, you can just go to ginamcgill.com and there are directions for getting the ebook. And if you want to get the hard copy, you can also just go to my website ginamcgill.com. And there's uh, a button that will take you to where you can purchase um, the hard copy as well. All right. We'll be right back with Spice Radio and Gina McGill. You want like a change? Trying to put me in change? Don't act like you're saving us. It's in a sign. Man, I'm like I made it up. You're We're back with Gina McGill, the author of Accessories After the Fact. Um, I'm glad to say you're a Huntsville author. I appreciate having more... more um, critical thought, you know, and more, more authors and people that are politically active in Huntsville. Um, I, I was going to ask you for people that are like interested in getting involved in the criminal justice system and whatnot, what do you think people can do like on a local level, um, to, 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 to address these issues, I guess. Well, uh, I think getting to know, uh, the police that, uh, are in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. assigned to your area, uh, getting to know them by name um, so that they become familiar with you and everything. And, and sometimes when something occurs, it's 
they're easier. The communication can be easier because, um, because of the black on black crime, you know, mm-hmm. and the high murder rate um, among young black males. I can understand there being a perception, you know, of great danger with police and them making sure that they go home. Right. You know, so I understand that. So it, it's going to, it requires work from both sides. On the side of the people, again, you know, getting to know the police, inviting them to your community events, mm-hmm. things like that. So they get to know you. And um, young black males don't resist the police, Mm -hmm. you know, when they want to talk to you, put handcuffs on you, don't resist, don't run, just be very cooperative because I see that a lot of the times the shootings occur when there's the resistance. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the side, uh, on the criminal justice side, I see that, um, change needs to come where they are also making sure the law is actually followed and that, uh, justice is actually served. Mm -hmm. So if they find out that, Someone has interfered, you know, with the justice process, have covered up some information or whatnot. You have to hold them accountable. Yeah, definitely. Have to. Otherwise, they will continue to think it's okay. The people that they work with, their peers and whatnot, others will think it's okay. And it's not. So you have to draw a hard line of zero tolerance to make sure that message, you know, gets through. Mm-hmm. Because the American people want to have faith in the criminal justice system. Oh, yeah. And uh, abide by the rule of law. But if the law is being applied differently to yeah. different people, then that undermines any faith, mm-hmm. you know, the American people can have in this system. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially in the in the long run. You know, you have these events happen and then the the media storm will be on it you know and then it'll die down and then maybe later there's an acquittal or something of of the people that might have been held responsible and um i think that that irks a lot of community people but and and also in the same way um trust is so important in policing i feel like that's just uh, it's it's so sad that it's like it feels like it's at an all-time low at, oh, yes, at least the people absolutely. that I, you know, the people I interface with and stuff. And it's like, that seems like one of the most important parts of policing right. is that the community trusts them and vice versa. Because, you know, they can't protect themselves if they don't feel safe and we can't protect ourselves if we don't feel safe kind of thing. That's and it's true. Ju- it's just so, it's, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's just disappointing that, um, you know, that there is such a, because I really feel like at the end of the day, most of the people just want to be safe, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides, but. It, yeah, uh, I feel like there there's a lot of strides that could be made of of knowing and 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 I think uh, the police having good encounters with civilians and vice versa because mm-hmm. I I'd like to ask people you know it's like well when's the last time you had a good talk 
with a police officer, you know, and there was no, there was no stress and there was no, cause some people can't say that they've had that, you know, and, right. I, and I bet some police can't say that, you know, they just sat down in uniform and enjoyed a conversation with a community member or something. Right. That's right. like, there's, it's, it's a, there's a lot of work to be done, I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and I do believe the majority of the police officers, you know, just really want to do their job. Right. You know, and are good, decent police officers. So I don't have any anger towards law enforcement in general or police officers. Because if something happens to me, you know, or something's going on, I'm going to be the first, you know, I'm going to call them. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to come and they're going to put their life at risk if need be, Mm -hmm. you know, to help me. So... I understand it from their side. They mm-hmm. put their lives on the line every single day. Right, and uh, and dealing with so much of like the mental health health problems and stuff that I feel like sometimes the the state or something or the federal government even won't take care of. They're right. like at the front line of that, and that's just like oh wow, that's that's just some a whole nother. Uh, you, thing that they have to deal with, you know. You just said a mouthful, you know, right mm-hmm. there, um, because they usually are the first line of contact, mm-hmm. and um, often those people need to be treated differently. But I don't think the police are required or either trained, right? You know, and how to deal with that. And I think that's something that needs to be um, done. Mm-hmm. You know, so that will help greatly the mentally ill. Well, I wanted to ask you about something else. Uh, the whole the whole trial um, um, with Trayvon was was put on TV, and there was a, a long running media storm. Like, how do you think that affected um, the trial and the the people involved in it? Well, you know, it was disappointing because the uh, you would think the news would do its research mm-hmm. um, and gather facts um, and present information based on the facts. Um, but like I said, it was so many things that were obvious that even the news folks didn't address. You know, they just basically went off of what the prosecutors, uh, the defense, you know, and the chief, were, you know, was telling them. Kind of just bounce the same. Just bounce the stuff. same information off, so they were not helpful mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, and I guess that's been a whole uh, recent issue with the fake news thing you hear about, and uh, yeah, yeah, and how much media affects, and I guess uh, just the internet people sharing things and oh, what yeah. they share is so so important. Yeah. Now. now that now on the internet, now that made a big difference especially in the writing of my book because mm-hmm. there's this website called Axiom Amnesia. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they collected as many of the legal documents and police records and reports that they could concerning the Trayvon Martin killing and the trial. And so that was one of my main go-to sources um, mm-hmm. for for information for my book. Um, so they so there are some uh, you know websites, folks out there on the internet who are doing a great job yeah. to make um, 
the relevant information available um, to people. So mm -hmm. I thank them definitely for that. Well, for sure. Well, thanks again for uh, coming and talking to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you've uh, recently been dealing with some health issues right. involving cancer. And uh, does does that impact like how you how you work? And has has that has that got you interested in any more public public public? I guess uh, things dealing with that dealing with that. Um. Well, at this point. Um, I'm going through the process. I found out I had breast cancer in March of this year, mm -hmm. and um, it ended up turning into a, a snowball effect where the, the issue just became larger and larger, um, where I ended up having a double uh, mastectomy. And then um, I'm now about to start my chemotherapy. But there, I want to encourage the women to definitely get their mammograms. Mm -hmm. It is so important because a lot of women, if you wait, you it can be too late because the cancer can have grown and then it's harder, you know, to to remove it. Whereas if they catch it in the earlier stages, you know, your chances of survival mm -hmm. are greater. So, um, for me, it's been a very emotional process, yeah. a life-changing process, um, but one that I am going through and doing my best to just make it to the other end. <laughs> right. Just keep on keeping on, right? Right. And, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a huge thing because I think people... Uh, People always assume, oh, it's not going to happen to me, or oh gosh, <laughs> I don't need to do that. I've always been healthy, and and you were talking oh about gosh. early how how um, so many little things had to happen for you to actually find out that you had cancer, and oh I'm like, that's gosh. that's the scary part to me is like there's there's so yeah. many s small things that if you don't right uh, protect your own health, then right uh, it could be, it could be bad, you know. And that's true. You know, I never thought it would happen. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me. I'm like, oh, I got too many things to do. I can't afford to get sick, you know. And too busy it, to be sick. Too busy to be sick. Yeah. So, but it happened to me. And I want to also say that um, for African-American women, I'm an African-American woman, mm -hmm. the uh, rate of discovering the cancers from the mammograms is the same as the... Uh, the rate of discovering mm -hmm. among Caucasian women. However, African-American women have a much higher mortality rate mm. from breast cancer. And they're researching, you know, there's some research to find out why that is. Yeah. And I, you know, some of it has to do with economic reasons or whatnot, but that takes me back to, how I came to find out that I had, you know, the breast cancer. And um, I guess because I had good insurance, too, mm -hmm. you know, the, the doctor recommended a gene test. And those tests are usually $4,000. Wow. Um, but fortunately, my insurance company mm -hmm. paid for it. If I had not had that gene test, then... I would still have cancer growing inside wow. of me as yeah. we sit here and talk now. But because the the doctor chose to do the gene test mm -hmm. 
And after the 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 when I say gene test, there are uh, uh, DNA mutations that increase the risk of developing breast cancer. So I had one of those mutations. So after those results came back positive, the doctor said, "Okay, well let's take a closer look and do an MRI and see yeah. if we've missed anything." And that's when they found oh, the other cancer. So yes, it's, it's it's just really important to be mm-hmm. thorough, you know, and to to and if you just ask, say, doctor, is there anything else you can do? Anything else, you know, that might show if I have any other risk mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. You know, you have to be proactive because I was just very fortunate that I had an excellent uh, radiologist who told me he right. said I just want to be thorough oh yeah yeah and catching it early is so important in, in that because uh yeah it could be very dangerous Gina can you tell everybody uh once again how to get it your book and uh how to get in touch with you if, if people have are interested in talking about it yes they could go to my website ginamcgill.com for the book information the ebook and the hardcover and they can email me at ginamcgill.com it's Gina McGill at GinaMcGill.com with any questions or comments or anything. Um, it could even be concerning the cancer or any questions they may have. I welcome it. Very cool. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing your story and uh, your book with us. Oh, well, and, thank uh, you for having us. me. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. And uh, yeah, I'll see some more writing out of it, out of you soon, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, everybody have a great night from Spice Radio and Gina McGill. And have a great night, I guess. (laughs) Bye-bye. been a production of spice radio from huntsville alabama you guys know what you want and you don't have to do too much to get it get with us at spice-radio.com if you have a podcast you make music or art or you have an event that you want to promote in the tennessee valley you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spice radio huntsville or on twitter at spice radio hsb and again our website spice-radio.com 